Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Parminder Singh has joined us on the line, TV personality, and you might recognize him from Hockey Night in Punjabi, which he founded. Parminder, good to have you back on the Oakley Show. How are you? Hi, great to be back, John. How are you? I'm all right. I mean, I'm kind of curious to get your take. I mean, what are you hearing from your legion of followers and community? You know, it's uh, it's very interesting. I think that uh, you know, even from my initial take when I when I heard this kind of live, and uh, you know, it, 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 I always know knew where Don's heart kind of lies, and we we understand that around this time of year, we. He, you know, speaks of the the veterans, and and he does so all year round. He, he works very, very hard in ensuring that uh, you know that that we have um, a, a lot of uh, light shed on that uh, that aspect. But uh, but when that rant kept going, and it turned, uh, you know, it, it went divisive. <laughs> oh my goodness, losing my words here. Um, he, you know, it, it became very racist, I would say, is that uh, was what I was concerned about. You know, it became the question of you versus us and them. And, uh, you know, but that, but that's not why we turned to Hockey Night in Canada or Coach's Corner for. And uh, so I think it was a bit left field. Well, all right. Uh, you know, there has been that criticism, too, that, you know, when he strayed into politics, it was crossing a line, like uh, just relegate it to sports strictly and you won't get into trouble. Uh, so that's another issue there. But, you know, when you said you knew uh, where his heart was, at least, you know, propping up, uh, you know, military, uh, you know, engagement or the people that are involved with the military, as well as patriotism, the poppy and all the rest of those things surrounding that, uh in a sense, uh, you know, I'm not trying to uh, justify it, maybe try to understand it. Do you think it was just clumsy wording on his part, or was he telegraphing a darker side? You know, it's and, and that's precisely, I guess, the conversation and, and the reason why we're having this here today. It's, you know, I, in terms of his, his sentiment and understanding where, you know, his, his heart lies. And, and, you know, I personally found out, you know, less than five, six years ago that my paternal great-grandfather, uh, you know, was, uh, was in World War One, and, uh, and there were so many soldiers that looked like me who were in World Wars. And, uh, and, and, and I think this conversation could have been far more engaging because, you know, I too feel that the younger generation is very disrespectful and they're not, uh, you know, wearing the poppy as much as I would, I would like to see them and uh, or whatever the case may be. But that's, of course, you know, I, you know, I take it upon myself that we need to start engaging as, as a society and getting everyone on board. Uh, and, and, but my issues lie on the extent that it did go to. You know, and I think you're right. The uh, the underlying uh, here is that uh, you know it it could have been all fine and dandy had we just kind of stuck to what what it was. But when that narrative shifted, and uh, you know it was about you people coming here enjoying our milk and honey, that uh, you know the, the questions and that, that a how are you quantifying all of this? Uh, you know, where, where are you getting your research from? And secondly, uh, you know, does that make me less Canadian, or or who is Canadian then? And, uh, you know, whose milk and honey are we appreciating? What about the indigenous rights? There were so many aspects, so many levels we could take this on. 
Right. So it was like a lightning rod at that point. Uh, a lot of people just vicariously lived through that kind of slur. Uh, you know, and it's interesting, John, because I, I not only what, what Don Cherry said, I looked at Ron McLean's reaction. Right. And, uh, and usually it's, it's that whole cool heads prevail. He always has something witty and intellectual to tie things up to straighten Don out on. And, and it didn't, I, I didn't see a change in his expression. Why do you think that is? Uh, you know, and I think this is, you know, I, I, I've always hated to engage in this conversation because it brings me back to a little bit about, you know, I, I started looking a little bit into this whole question about white privilege. Right. And and having certain sensitivities, if, if you've never been affected by a racial slur or ever felt out of place. And let me tell you, 11 years ago, the first time I walked into the Leafs locker room and I never felt more out of place. And I had been covering the Raptors for about four years prior to that than I did on that day, that moment. And it wasn't until Steen reached out and shook my hand and said, hey, man, how are you doing? And, you know, it's it's something about hockey and 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 whether it's visible minorities or it's about this uh you know and it, sorry just to retract back a little bit that you know there's a question of if things are live and there's a lag of about five seconds why didn't someone cut him off well you know individuals didn't feel uh that this was something wrong if they've never felt uh as an outsider before and and I think that's why it's important. And and now you have people engaging, people who complained, and and you know it's we've we've also so you can tell the viewers of hockey are are not just what we see on television as reporters from hockey. So uh, you know I think it's a it's a, an amazing turning point for hockey in itself. You know it's interesting because uh, when you say that I was asking earlier last hour if in fact this might be a cultural watershed moment you know uh, a reset of sorts or a reframing of uh, how the country perceives itself and hockey and uh, I mean you were a groundbreaker in that regard too when you started broadcasting in Punjabi Uh, so (laughs) maybe we can leave on this is there a positive to be derived from this that somehow uh, you know a re-examination is happening because of conversations important conversations been spawned by this episode no, absolutely. For a game that I love so much and I feel is so close to my heart, and and more recently, you know, I've been doing the NBA in Punjabi. But again, just a you know a personal uh, trajectory here. You know, I was I, in starting hockey net in Punjabi. There was some hopes that at some point, you know, I would reach perhaps the English broadcast that I would be good enough or whatever the case may be. But you're right. I think we've come to kind of an intersection in hockey currently where. Uh, you know, I think we need more that needs to be done to, you know, engage the kind of viewers that we have to actually start playing. And, and what are some of these barriers that we see, whether it's through the coach, coaches, you know, right down to the minor leagues uh, and, and the types of uh, people that we have and why are certain people not engaging? Uh, you know, I leave it with one point that the NFL, if you go into the southern states, and which I found out recently, you know, there's uh, we see a lot of kind of black Americans who are playing football and so forth and and the government is involved that they subsidize um, equipment and, and make it easier uh, for individuals to get involved and there's coaches you know and, and uh, support staff and so forth and uh, you know if there's a wish for me is to kind of see that kind of support that we have for hockey and we have more engagement and then things like these will not arise because guess what? We'll have more visible minorities in the locker room and have certain questions and ask each other these questions and have conversations like we're doing today.
So you're suggesting there are barriers beyond cost for racialized uh, peoples or minorities. Absolutely. This is coming straight from, you know, I didn't I didn't get a chance to play hockey because my parents couldn't afford me to do it. Play ball hockey, and I thought I was amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought I seriously thought I was going to be the next Dougie Gilmore or, or Matt Sandin, but, uh, but it, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, speaking to players from the, you know, Punjabi community who've tried, went up to the OHL, and then being forced to third, fourth lines and never getting the looks that they could have as their counterpart, not because they were less skilled, but there was something unspoken, unsaid, something systemic that prevented them from progressing. And that's why when players like Kadri come out of the system, we're like, man, you must have done something that nobody else could have, or there must have been something that happened that got you through. So, uh, and we got to look at that. You know, we got to look at, we have such a great, we have great pools of talent. And let me tell you, World Ball Hockey League, the, the winners were Team India, and runner-up was Team Pakistan, which was composed of all Canadians. Hmm. And these guys were Canadian. The tournament took place in Russia, and uh, and and they won. And uh, so the talent is here, but we're just not engaging. Interesting. Uh, all right, the stinging comment from Don Cherry. So. Stings like that orange ball in the back of the thigh when you get hit with a slapper. Oh. Remember those? Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.